Hello, and welcome to the I Word. This podcast may contain strong language. Welcome to the final episode of the iWord Volume 4. I'm your host Andy Sellers and today I'm speaking to Beth Duke. Beth is a sound designer. We met at Central while doing one of our uh, third year shows and I was so glad we were able to speak over Zoom as we headed into the third lockdown. So let's get into it. Okay. So thank you for coming on, Beth. No worries. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, so uh, we started each one by asking the person, uh, what, mm-hmm. when was the last time they felt like they wanted to do the job and you're a sound designer. So when was the last time? <laughs> I'm telling you that you're a sound designer. Um, the, <laughs> the last time Am I? You... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, this is oh, what I've been that's, told. That's pretty so, cool, isn't I mean, it? We did. I should we quit, show, quit my, I my assume, job. <laughs> I assume that you are. You were behind a desk a lot, and you was talking about sound and all. No, I was just. Um, I was just interested. What's what's going on? That's just, just you. That's just like casual passer, a walker by, a passer by. That's the word. That's me. Oh, okay. When was the last time you wanted to be a, a, a walker by? Um, whatever it was. Today today yeah 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 <laughs> when for, for hypothetical reasons yes. when was the last time you wanted to be a sound designer um so if i was a sound designer <laughs> this is matter yeah this is all of this all of this talk is going to be completely hypothetical amazing i'll embody the sound designer um <laughs> i think well it's every day for me especially every time we hear a lockdown announcement and like, no, I really want to go back to work. I really want to be doing what I want to do. Like, I want to do my job. So I think, especially right now, and I think lockdown in particular has really, all these multiple lockdowns has really made me want to be who I am more. Cause like within the first week of the very first lockdown, um, I was like, I need a new job. This job isn't stable. And then just kind of after weeks of like attempting that, I was like, nope, I can't do anything else. This is what I want to do. So I guess this last year, if there is a positive, has made me want to be a sound designer even more than just being a sound designer, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Um, just before we go on, you're you're lagging a lot. Is there some? Uh, is there something on your with, with your Wi-Fi? Um, I'm on the right one. Shall I close it and open it again? I can join the one that's a bit further away. Let's try that. Oh, that that could be better. I joined the Wi-Fi that's further away, so that's weird. we'll, oh, s- we'll see what a, happens. That, that, that is a bit crisp. No, that's that's way better. That's way. Oh, better. great. That's really weird. That is so okay. bizarre. 
Never okay. mind. Well, that's 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 coming across a lot cleaner. Cool. Um, Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, that seems to be much. No, no, no. That's all right. I have that's, two that's Wi-Fi nice. networks. One's called Salt. One's called Pepper. And I'm on the Pepper, which is in the kitchen. Okay. Useless. Why? Why are they called Salt and Pepper? Well, I find the stress of choosing two names, you know, for the the 2.4 and the 5G Wi-Fi. So just so stressful. Like, I'm like, it's got to be funny. It's got to, you know, got hit on the nose for guests. So mm. I was like, what's that comedy duo, Salt and Pepper? <laughs> comedy duo called Salt and Pepper? I mean, there really should be. I'm, I might, could be. I might email Anna and Dak, like, dude, <laughs> you got to change your name. Um, Salt and Pepper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is in the world where you're hypothetically a uh, talent agent. Exactly. Producer. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. just like to hypothetically be everything in theatre. Each morning I wake up like this morning. <laughs> this is, but this is definitely the most chaotic start to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely um, utter chaos. People, alert, people are going to be listening to this. People are going to be listening to this and, and thinking, is she actually a sound designer? I hope she is. She because she's very good. <laughs> um, so if that's if that was the the if you're feeling it all the time, that's great. And if the, the COVID has sort of in a way helped that, that's even better. How does it feel then when uh, work gets cancelled? Does it, that kind of just increase your love for it? Yeah, it's like, um, it's kind of heartbreaking, especially when you are doing the show. I remember the first time, um, the first lockdown that was announced, it was during a show I was doing at the Arcola and it was called Gentlemen and the cast, it was, only, it was a very small team and we were also like tight and really good friends and when we found out about it it was kind of like you know like the Arcola directors or whoever the head of the Arcola came in and like sat us down and was like I'm really sorry to let you know that you can't do tech on Monday because tech was on Monday so we had done the whole rehearsal process and I it kind of felt like like especially for the like the actors seeing in their faces just everyone was like what and then there was that whole, we'll be back in a couple months, it's fine. And just every time, it's Groundhog Day by this point. Like, I I know that I'm going to get an email being like, well, of course, we tried to put this show on, but, and we've tried and tried, but yeah, hmm. it's, it's awful. So it's, it's kind of, it's weird to explain to people as well, because it's like, each one's kind of like a little baby or you've done some work to it. And it's just like, great. <laughs> Yeah, that's really that's not it's not nice. <laughs> the way no. that you describe it as Groundhog Day is really is yeah. I get what you mean. Is it sort of um, the um, how does it feel to, to, to like you don't have to talk about where the where the, the project goes, but mm-hmm. is it like you don't have to talk about where it's at? But is it like because you are. You, you do very well in considering that you graduated at the same time um, in 2019. Is that when we graduated? Yeah. Yes, 2019. Yeah. And you do you do really well. You're always working. I always seem to hear. <laughs> um, is there is there is there a thing of like you're it's 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 
it feels like you're, it's disrupting a momentum. Yeah, yeah. It's actually weird you say that because I wouldn't be able to put it into words otherwise, but it does. It feels like it's pushing me behind. And I know it's not a race or anything, but I was in, I can only describe it as my own bubble for so mm. long. And it's kind of as if somebody on that first lockdown popped that bubble because like, I didn't really think about that I was working. I don't know if that makes sense. I was just, every day, it was like flat out. I'm very good at saying yes to lots of things and not saying no to lots of things. So it's often Monday to Sunday, but it wouldn't like feel like it was. And it just was like my day to day for me. I'd be mm. going out to work or working at home or whatever. And I didn't think about anything else it was great it was bliss obviously there's other stuff going on on in life but like work-wise it was just like oh another day I got this this and this and then someone popped that bubble and it was like oh it's but that's, it's fragile but that's but it's I suppose it kind of comes back to what you said at the beginning which is like it makes you appreciate it more and mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe taking it for granted is the wrong phrase but like when you enjoy a job that much i suppose it's very easy to just be like oh this is great and just sort of like just take it all in mm. and, like you said saying yes and things and um is there you mentioned working from home have you been able to do any working from home in this time or is it just like well if there's nothing going on a stage there's nothing to <laughs> design sound for yeah it's kind of been like um like the meetings for shows in the future at home i'm doing some small things like some adverty and mini like docu series with another right. sound I, I designer. I didn't mean to say that you only designed sound. Uh, dis- no, uh, of course, sound for stage. But I. But yeah, yeah, theatre wise, it, it's kind of like obviously all, all the production meetings now take place at home, which is actually kind of good that you don't have to like travel in for an hour meeting, <laughs> <laughs> especially with sound because yeah. like you never have much to say, so it's kind of annoying when you've traveled like halfway across London you sit down they'd like talk about props and stuff for ages and they'd get around like sound you good and I'm like yeah I'm fine and they're like great the same time next week (laughs) (laughs) and you're like great so it's kind of good to have have that um less of an expectation to be there I guess that kind of that kind of thing I think could stick around, especially for sound designers, because if yeah. anyone, you're the most prepared to be able to do a meeting, as we've discovered today, over yeah. Zoom. Yeah, you've got exactly. So like, yeah. why would you need to come in? Like, it can be like you're in the same room. Of course, and I think it has just opened that extra branch, just for people to be like, oh, we can do this virtually, and obviously it's a bit of a pain sometimes for like break off meetings and stuff like that. It's it's workable, so I think it's I think it's fine now. Mm. But so we've had I've had meetings for shows that we're going to go on, and like the the pre preparation that you do for a show, and then then it just stops. Yeah. So this must be so just disorientating. Yeah, it kind of feels like now now it very much feels like a dream as opposed to my job which is a bit sad um but i know that there will be a point in which i can just go back to it normally and that it won't be a dream anymore but Mm. yeah it's kind of weird it's very strange it makes makes you question like absolutely everything Mm, and if you're on the right path and stuff but 
I'm determined. I think it, it must just be interesting as well, considering, because I think that from an actor's point of view, I think we live with that kind of yeah. un, un, uncertainty all the time. And I'm sure there are people in sort of the the more the crew aspect of, of theatre and performing arts that have that uncertainty a mm-hmm. lot. But I suppose it's a different thing to sort of like be constantly preparing for work. Whereas yeah. actors, we sort of like always just striving to just get a job. And if, of course. if that happens, then that's great. But it's very much a hypothetical. Um, but I think with 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 you as well because you seem to you seem to do a lot of stuff it must just be such a disorientating feeling to kind of constantly be constantly be there and almost like be preparing to do the thing and then for it to just be like cut out at the last minute it's just a different mindset to be going into your your job i suppose yeah it's getting to the point that i'm like do i do the work for this because I know the cases are rising and I know the deaths are getting higher. So do I keep... And there's always, like, the last show I did was... um, It was at the Garrick Theatre and it's called Death Drop. And there was very much that... Because it was basically open for a week and then we went into tier three. I don't know what number it was, but we went into the one. Oh, were you? I was going to go see it because I knew... Well, I knew that you were doing it, but I also Mm -hmm. knew that... um, uh, I was going to have, I had Amina Hamid, who was the producer of it, on the podcast. Oh, and so wow. I was like, cancelled <laughs> literally two days before. It was crushing. Yeah. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, we've got to press and stuff and there was a couple of days and then that, that went down. But it's, it was kind of like a lot in tech. It was kind of like, oh, we know the cases are rising. Are we going to go into this new tier? And you know, there's all these like leaks and stuff like that and lots of stuff on the internet always floating around like tier five gonna happen and Mm. all this so there's so much uncertainty and obviously you then go back into your bubble in tech and kind of forget about what's going on outside which is really nice but there's always that like when you leave you're like oh yeah this might not go on for much longer and what do I do? I, I just very strange and lots of, especially for my operators who I've like, and anyone that works on the show whilst it's happening, just knowing that that was all their Christmas work and stuff cancelled. It's just, it's heartbreaking. It's horrible. Right. Well, we can't, we can't just have a, a really sad <laughs> no, podcast. So no. let's, let's no. talk about let's Happiness. talk about you, Beth. Let's get to let's get to Ooh. the bottom of you. Um, hypothetical me. <laughs> hypothetical Beth. That was Not real just Beth. a hypothetical sad yeah, yeah, story. Is, that was all of that was just a, a hypothetical sob story. Um, okay. So how did you? I think it's because you play instruments, right? I think it's interesting that how you get into something yeah. like sound design because I was intrigued. It's like how someone like Tilly, who's on an episode before, obviously um, gets into stage management. And how do you how do you find your way into that sort of um, uh, area of theatre or performing arts? Did you do it at school, or did you sort of was someone helped you? Um, it's actually I think it's a different approach to how lots of people get into theatre. Um, I wouldn't actually say, this is also very meta, that I was into theatre until I went to drama school. Um, yeah, so You don't I'll... have to be. You don't have to be. No, I <laughs> obviously like am now. No, no, don't worry. You don't have to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, it's strange. So 
Um, let me think about it. I, I'll do the long story because yeah, cool. there's no, I, I don't know how else to describe it. But um, so when I, I'm not from a, a family that also are into theatre. Maybe I've seen a pantomime or something before. Um, and also like nothing in correlation. Like my dad was a taxi driver when I was growing up and I come from a family of like painted decorators and stuff. So there's no correlation to what I'm doing now, which is kind of cool in a way. And they're all very like supportive and always want to learn like what I'm doing and stuff. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to a school that was like an hour away and I had like an hour long bus journey and um, I'm not a morning person and I never will be. <laughs> um, so it was this really is, weird. This is, in, this is in Essex, right? South End? Yeah, right? yeah. I went to school yeah, in South right. End, but I lived like in a village. Yeah, so yeah, right. there was a long bus journey. And um, in the morning, it was kind of like a weird thing that, you know, like just things that happen at school. The morning bus, I wouldn't talk to anyone. I wouldn't talk to my friends in the bus, but on the evening bus, I would. It was very yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, that yeah, morning, I know exactly mean. Yeah, yeah. So I just exactly like had the same thing. Yeah, I just sit with like headphones on, and I think <laughs> that was literally like what what made me like music because I had to fill that hour up with songs. And I like remember raiding my parents. They had like this CD cabinet. It felt massive. It's probably not massive, but it seemed massive at the time. And I got, there was CDs like in literally every nook and cranny. And I remember just getting my chunky old laptop out and putting every CD that they owned. There was just everything. There was like things from Motown to like jazz to classical to my mum was like very indie. So the Smiths and dad mm. was a taxi driver. So he had all the Now albums that he'd play like his, his people in the back, some, yeah, some yeah, sweet yeah. tunes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just put absolutely everything onto my iPod with that little spinny thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd get onto the bus journey and I'd just press shuffle on all this music and just sit back and just kind of just take in all this stuff just to fill that hour up. Maybe I'd sleep. I don't know. I remember sleeping once actually and the bus turning at a corner and I just fell into the aisle just straight onto the floor. <laughs> just like, <"Ooh." laughs> Um that's irrelevant but no it's not it's so, it's so lovely it's like it's so was it what was it about the because I think I, I really I really relate to that story of sort of just like it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what you're listening to it's mm. sort of just the the idea of just listening and just taking it all and you kind of want to yeah, have definitely. it all at once what was it about what was it about that that was was it giving you sort of relaxation or was it like stimulating you in a way of like, I want to make something like this? Yeah, I think it just, it just started my morning and that's how I knew every morning. And I think I also was around lots of people playing music. Like my nan would always play music and dance around in the kitchen and my granddad's like a human encyclopedia. So he would tell me all the facts about the music that was playing. And I just was around it a lot. So you know, in that like period of time, maybe 13, 14, when you're trying to like find yourself, um, that was that was me. I played music a lot and yeah. I liked it. And then I think I was like, I want to I want to try make like I want to play this music. I want to do something with this music. So I asked my parents for a keyboard and I remember getting a keyboard. It's probably like 
a little, little lap keyboard, a little um, grey keyboard. It had no kind of velocity, like you play a key and it's just the key that came out. And yeah. I'd sit watching, I'd type into YouTube like how to play insert song here <laughs> on the piano. And <laughs> there's yeah. always these like MIDI tutorials where you can like see the keys falling and then they play the key. And I would sit and just like study this like day and night um, and stuff. And that's when I started to get into music at school as well. The lessons were quite interesting for me. And we like started like composing stuff for like videos and stuff. I'm not sure, but that was that was all very exciting. So I took it for GCC in which they let you have music lessons with the GCC. So I finally got a piano teacher. And then I guess that was a natural progression there. Just started to get into music and into the piano and just playing it. Um, but like the tech side came when, so we started getting like free periods. It was, it was like study periods to learn, learn stuff, <laughs> learn subjects to revise, you know, like in that year 11 gap. And I would just wander off to the music block. I wouldn't even sign myself into these study periods. I just walk, walk along down <laughs> and go into music. And I usually just sit in a practice room and play the piano. Sometimes like the friends that were in the study period as well. We also had like a weird club where we like went in the morning. We just sit and like bash the piano in the morning and people would sing along. It was very weird. It was very like a little. That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like go in the morning, like the bus gals that. We'd get off the bus, we'd go straight to the music block, play some songs in the piano, like take some pictures on the computers because they had webcams on the little photo booth and then like head off to form. <laughs> and that was, that was just every morning for me. Um, was, um, what, was there, just going back slightly, Yeah. were there any um, albums or songs or anything in particular that really kind of, really kind of got you it was more genres that that made me want to kind right. of play i remember like really liking coldplay at one point um and everyone would buy me like coldplay books to to play um but it was kind of everything there was and I'm, I'm not sure i think i just developed a general love for music as opposed to anything in particular um because like, I, I had my music to listen to and maybe I'd go to mm. a gig if I could, um, like Kings of Leon and stuff like mm. that. And that was like a different music experience, like being that cool kid that listened to indie music and not like One Direction to the music that I'd be listening to. And I think I really actually started yeah. to really love classical music. So that's kind of strange as well. I started to get really into classical music, but I think that developed from my piano lessons where I had to learn classical songs. So I'd listen. And for me, it was like Chopin. He was like my king. God bless Chopin, you know. Mm. Um, and <laughs> maybe I am Chopin. That's the next That's the next reveal in this podcast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Just one sec, Beth. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Wi-Fi may be going again. Oh, brill. Should I go back and salt? Um, no, is it still on pepper? Yeah. 
<laughs> this is such a weird conversation. Hello? Yes. Is this okay? How's that? This is so. Yeah, that's good. So, I, welcome to I, the salt. I don't know why. I don't know why it just feels <laughs> like we've, it feels like it needs to flip backwards and forwards. But um, but that's no okay. worries. Just because it was getting a bit um laggy again, and I was mi- start, starting to miss stuff that you were saying, I didn't want to. Oh miss no worries. What you were saying, but um, <laughs> so um, I'm just going to take it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you're you're making this like you know little version of a John Hughes movie, which is you guys. <laughs> no it's great i think it's really sweet (laughs) i think it's really sweet i definitely would have been a part of that club that would have just you know gone and just hung out um little breakfast club yeah yeah, basically Um, i would eat a cereal bar would you yeah yeah, it was was a breakfast breakfast cereal bar club that was just a terrible joke that was just not that's not good at all was that a joke Um, it was like classified i don't know was it a joke i don't know was it a statement (laughs) (laughs) um but so you've got this kind of like uh, little cereal bar club that yeah. you're making. Yeah. <laughs> and um, how did you then get into sort of taking that feeling of like, liking the feeling of making music and then yeah. going more in a specific direction? Was there, is there someone that's kind of like helped you along the way? Or yeah. was there a particular class? Or There, there was actually a, so in these three periods in the breakfast club, there was always a music, technician teacher um his name is phil ball mr ball who i still talk to now uh he'd just oh. be like wandering wandering the corridors he's like morning girls and then eventually he'd like come and sit in and join in um, do you call him phil now yeah yeah it's we're, well we're weird besties. teachers first names yeah it's it? like you're real <laughs> you're a real human it's not good yeah yeah go on yeah it's kind of strange and it and he started being like um I don't know, like, do you want to learn some sound stuff? And we'd start going through some more, like, technical side of things, which I start to find really exciting. And um, this was, like, the transition where all my lunchtimes then became music block stuff. And they needed someone to mix all the shows that they were doing, like, performing and stuff. And I'd both do both sides of it. So sometimes I'd be playing in, like, a show or I'd be recording it backstage well it was like on the balcony um so I started to get into both sides of it and he was like a really helpful step into it um which then made me take uh music tech and music for a level and this is when like this is when the spark like you know when something happens you're like yes (laughs) that was really weird sound Was it it just someone taking you seriously in that sort of sense? Yeah, I think it was someone just... Or you taking it seriously? I think it was... Maybe it was both. I think it was Phil and just the music department in general being like, here's a load of knowledge because I'm not doing anything right now. I could be eating a sandwich or going to the staff room, but let's let's teach some people some stuff. So that was really cool. Mm. And then the fact that nobody else knew it. Like I remember there was this one point in a in a um assembly that the like head teacher's mic wasn't working and then he just shouted out into the, the audience like Beth Duke, can you come fix this? And I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> Me? No way. <laughs> yeah. It was very stressful. I was like on my hands and knees, like trying to patch these things around. 
um, my heart like racing, like this is my time to shine. Did you fix um, it? Yeah, of course. What an origin story! Nice. <laughs> yeah, I know my claim to fame. Did everyone applaud? Um, I can't remember. I liked. It. Let's say they did. Let's say they did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think. I think they did. In my mind, they like stood up and applauded. Yeah. Just, it's like the end yeah. of the John Hughes movie. Like the yeah, credits exactly. are rolling now. And... Yeah. I, f- I fixed the microphone. <laughs> um, I walked down you the, the middle of the yourself. island. Like, yeah. thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you thank you end of assembly um follow your dreams yeah that's the last line of the film end of assembly yeah yeah. that's the name of the film as well um (laughs) it sounds like a really serious film um it is really serious it's my life um it's very serious it's very serious uh um then yeah music tech happened and that was then so to take music tech because the school was very more like maths and science. You had to do it as an addition. So it was like my fifth A-level, so it was kind of stressful. Right. But um, it was it was super, it's such an interesting subject we got to do. There was like a composing segment where you got to like pick a popular song and make it into like a club beat or you could choose a different genre. So I chose the Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Um, oh, I made you. it in the club beat. Um, it's on SoundCloud. If anyone wants to listen to it, <laughs> Just... I'm definitely putting the link to that. I'm making a note. Of <laughs> putting a link to your SoundCloud. Um, um, yeah, and there was these other segments. Like we got to remake, remake a song like as perfect as we could. So I chose this Kings of Leon song called Pyro because. Uh, you had to choose like the least, the one with the like the least technology in it. So very like raspy song. So it's just drums and guitar and singing. Um, and I started working a lot with um, a a guy called Ross, who I still still was doing stuff like making music now. Um, but he went into like the other side of tech, um, and we were like the two people that were super serious about it. So we started doing lots of stuff in our free periods, like making up these competitions like who can make the best song based on this like bio like we'd make our own soundscape or whatever I don't, that's amazing we also like we make like raps and just so many <laughs> not the food um no no i was gonna say are they also on your soundcloud because i really yeah, hope they are i think it, i think it's it's locked but for the i'll unlock it for everybody um <laughs> no, 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 I don't want you to, I don't want you to have to do this. No. Um, that's an amazing, that's like an amazing, um, an amazing place to sort of like grow. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's amazing to sort of constantly be challenging your, what you want to do, or maybe not what you want to do, maybe you're not thinking that far ahead, but like you're constantly sort of working yourself as a, as a designer, as a musician, as a sort of creator but in a kind of, kind of like a fun and a competitive yeah, it was, way. It was really, it's kind of strange thinking about how serious we were about it because there was something in, in that period of time that we were both like, we both want to do this right. So let's let's take this seriously. And because the school, so they stopped. How old were you? Do you mind me asking? Uh, uh, sixth yeah, form. Sixth, sixth form, form so yeah. So like 17, 17 18, 18 yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Um, we started taking it 
seriously because the school stopped funding music tech so that was really upsetting and wow phil phil left eventually as well so oh no we had to do it in our like free periods and stuff so we started taking it like super seriously running a club you know but still this whole time i was like i don't know if i want to do music or music tech and after all the like induction days and things at all the schools and like we're still making music and stuff um and we both would do all the like school shows and but we'd both be on both sides like Ross did the acting and the music and I played trumpet in like Into the Woods because I learned the trumpet in sixth form for no reason (laughs) whatsoever um and we went on like tours and stuff that we'd both do both sides so I think for both of us we were very confused like do you want to study music or do we want to do the other side but then I remember our music teacher being like you know to get a job you need to be to be niche with this and you both enjoy like the tech side and I would push you into that then taking music because you're going to study Bach for years like I did and that's not Mm. what both of you are into you're both into creating it um, so that's when I kind of realized, I guess, I wanted you, you to, kind of... yeah. No, what were you going to say? Oh, I just realized that that was kind of, that I wanted to create, create stuff and I've always been creative and yeah. I just was, I just was going to say, it's like, it's amazing how you could like take the two parallels, um, of, you know, sixth form Beth being told that music tech isn't going to be funded anymore mm-hmm. and going, fuck you. I'm going to take <laughs> yeah. it even more serious to That's... like now in that you were like, that you said at the start, which is like, you've, you've been in the face of kind of, um, in the face of things getting in the way, you actually head more in that direction. Yeah. I guess I'm uh, stubborn. I, I do that a lot in life. <laughs> if someone tells me not good. to do something, I'm like, I'm going to do it. Um, great. How did um how did Central come about then? So um that that was the both sides. We then we did lots of research into like where you can take tech and it was either live, um and I hadn't had any experience really with theatre live except from like the school shows, or it was like behind the scenes and stuff, but there was lots of science and maths involved with like music tech based in a room, like acoustics which is also a thing that I face now in a theatre, but it's completely different. Um, And I'm not really someone to be quite, I guess, sedate, sat in the room, like, 24-7. I like lots of change and, like, the thought of doing hours of films, like, or months on end kind of felt not not sad, but kind of uninspiring to me, whereas my friend, um, that excited him. So I think that was our natural progression. So I started looking into live performance. Then I came across Central. And yeah, well, that's where theatre... History. Yeah. Theatre got its grasp. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't really like... I was into live sound. I was into music and stuff. But I didn't really know much about theatre per se. But that love came naturally with going to a drama school and being around people that love theatre. And now it's what I really, really love. So it's kind of weird that I didn't love it from the start. It was a, a big growth. But I feel like 
I've come around so many hurdles like this not working and this not being funded that it's just mm. made the love even more stronger. That's maybe really <laughs> bad grammar. Let me try that again. Um, just go on, go on. Re- we'll rewind. Go on. Um, it's made my love for it. <laughs> I can't think of any words now. It's fine. I'd, stronger. I'd, st- stronger. Stronger. Yeah. 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 Um, how many instruments do you play, by the way? Uh, I guess my. I'd say my main. One is obviously the the keyboard, the piano. Piano. Um, yeah. But I learned the trumpet in sixth form for no reason whatsoever. As we said, in, in into was, the woods, in into the woods. Yeah, yeah, I had to play lots of fanfare. Some some weren't very great because um, <laughs> I, I self taught it as well, much to my parents' delight. Because um, I'd <laughs> every every Christmas or birthday, I'd ask for an instrument, and they just get like. There was this. There's this website called Chase Direct, and I think they're like B grade instruments. Because, like, I have a trombone at home. I've I can't play it at all. Um, I I played around with it for a couple of weeks, and I just couldn't play it. Um, just things like that. I have a saxophone here that I brought whilst in at uni, actually, that I can play some stuff on, which I like using for my sound design, like playing like. Funnily enough, when you play really bad, you can get some really cool stuff out of some instruments as well. So yeah, trumpet and piano, I can actually play and play music too. But um, like I can, I, when you play one instrument, you can play lots of instruments. Like I can hold a straight beat on the drums and stuff. But I think that's cool. I wouldn't say I play like. If someone no, was yeah. on stage, right, right, like, right. can someone play drums for me tonight? <laughs> I wouldn't be like, hey. <laughs> If someone like your principal shouted out, Beth, you <laughs> yeah, be just be like, I need you to play, the, the play a sick yeah, beat, right. yeah, yeah. But I know how to like play songs on lots of instruments just from being like right. that annoying kid in like the band club, and I'd be like, can I, can I try your instrument? <laughs> We'd all pass <laughs> our instruments around. It's kind of weird with COVID now, but like people play my trumpet and obviously spit into it, and I play their euphonium. It's- <laughs> I'm a cool kid. <laughs> um, you are a cool kid. I think that's pretty cool. But good. I'm not exactly a cool kid, so I'm probably not a good judge. I know. Um, um, how was it? So the 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 theatre the theatre world yeah of the backstage crew um, is a uh, is quite a masculine environment. Yeah, uh, it's it's usually sure. mostly men, and so I'm in, and uh, but then again, I kind of I kind of want to ask like two questions with this, because first of all, like how does it feel to be entering that world, and how does it feel to be a woman in that world? Mm-hmm. But also, do you do you? It was really interesting when I had Tilly on when she talked about being a stage manager and um, she talked about how she doesn't she she doesn't want directors to be like um, to be like that's the stage manager you you owe her a lot she's gonna like save your life in this production because she then she felt and I don't want to put words in her mouth but what we came to the conclusion was it 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 unsettles the balance in the room because suddenly then she. She's not. She's not at like a mutual level of respect. It's like a kind of weird, like it's just an imbalance. And I remember when we did a show together, 
and our director, who we both loved, mm. but he did he did bring up the fact that you're a woman. Yeah. And so I'm just intrigued as to how that how that feels. Because like it's almost like do you do you want to have that acknowledgement or do you would you prefer to just get on with your work or what? How does it feel? There's two questions, that's not very fair, but That's okay. Um I guess it's it is also a strange one. I work with some incredible people, but obviously I've had times where it's been very intimidating when I am on the crew and there's lots of men and um, especially some corporate stuff that I've done. I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say theatre, but like obviously when you're in uh, in uni, I've worked a lot, so I just took any work I could. So I did lots of like corporate stuff um, and they, they could make very horrible comments or, you know, say things like, like, so to get the next job, you're going to sleep with me or something. And very, very, very horrible. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, I've had I've had that. Um, or comment on what you're wearing or the size of your bottom. Um, but I wouldn't actually say I've had too much of that in theatre, thankfully. But there, it is out there and it does. it's very intimidating, especially I think it's coupled with the fact that I'm young and I do lots of stuff where there's lots of older people. Um, I'm getting old now, but uh, especially when I was... Not so. <laughs> <Not> so. <laughs> um, when I was 18, it was very kind of overwhelming. And obviously I have... Well, also incredibly inappropriate. If you yeah, to, insanely as, inappropriate. Like, I mean, at any age, but yeah. seeing that you're so new as well. Yeah, and, and you don't know what to say or do half of you is like that I don't want them to not employ me again but I ain't touching that Um, so I think but in some way that's kind of built more strength in that area and sometimes I do feel stronger um, being a woman because I'm like I can and it's not the same for every woman but I and obviously sometimes that could be very much more taken a different way and can make them have so much less self-confidence which is appalling and that like needs to be sorted out but um for me it's kind of made me stronger in being like no like i'm gonna do my job Mm. you're gonna do your job (laughs) let's let's get this on and i think people respect me a lot in theater especially men but maybe the crew side i know i'm not as strong as people and there's always that like oh do you need a hand with that and you're doing it fine and stuff but I wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say it's awful um and obviously I've got where I am as a woman um but it can be hard to be taken seriously but I never know if that's because I'm young or because I'm a woman so I don't want to put that onto anyone um I think it's both I also look yeah I wouldn't say it's I, I also look quite young, especially like, <coughs> what is wrong with my voice? <coughs> it's because I do sound, I'm backstage, I don't speak. Um, uh, I wouldn't say that I look like I'm five, but I look a lot younger. So especially when my hair's tied up, like I've got a very young moon face. <laughs> um, so people can be a bit like, you don't know what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, that's it. Mm. it's it's still it's 
it's still not I mean that's still not a justification like even if you were young like of course I kind of get that in a sense like I I, I feel like I it's still not I mean, it's not a justification at all but it's like if they're trying to be polite but I, I that's not that's not yeah right. it's it's but, hard because <clears> I'm like you shouldn't be doing that but I also understand but I think I'm hoping that well lots of people especially theatre I think it's one of the most welcoming for all genders and there's still a lot to do race wise but uh, it's it's probably one of the most forward work industries as I've experienced anyway lots of like all female <coughs> sorry all female plays and things like that happening and go ahead so I think and obviously like just any anything can gender and everything is so accepted and welcome so I think it's 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 better but and there's lots of work to do um, with how people talk to people. But I think people are becoming more aware of it. And when there is a woman not to, I don't know, we're both a bit dry throat. Well, I was just, I was just about to say is that like, I just was about to say, um, like, does it make a difference for you? And um, this may sound like a really stupid, naive question and say it's a stupid, naive question if it is. But does it make a difference if, if you know, the director or the director and the majority of the actors are women, mm-hmm. but, it, but a lot of the crew are still men? Does that make a difference? Or is it, is it more your interactions with the crew? Or is it more the interactions with the, the cast or the ensemble? What... what what makes the difference? It's kind of strange. It's <clears throat> it definitely depends. I guess there's also two sides that I've done. I do lots of crew work. What I did um, previously before sound design started to take over, and obviously when you're a woman in an all male crew, I think that's a completely different experience to being a woman on a creative team. Um, right. Uh, there's. There's lots of things that would happen. Lots of shows that I do. Obviously, lots of the the creatives and the team are male, and that's okay. But there are moments in like meetings where I'm like, I get like, you know, pushed aside. But again, I still don't know if that's like because I'm young or because I'm a, a woman. And it's it's kind of bad that I do have to question that constantly. Yeah. Um. That if like what part of me is making people not take me seriously, but I'd say every sound team that I've worked with um, respects me as a designer. Eventually, I think when people know I do know my stuff and I do know what's going on, they they're like, oh, okay, I'll stop it. And maybe at the start I have to earn that respect, which I shouldn't have to do. But um, once you've earned it, I think people are okay eventually yeah I wonder how much of that earning respect is is in is in is in everyone because I'm sure everyone feels like when they go into a new Mm, room whether it's whether it's in our industry or in anyone in any others that you feel like you need to prove yourself especially when you're young but I wonder how much that is that is amplified and that is made all the more real by by being a woman I'm sure that's a really fucking obvious thing to say but I think um, there's also that um, it's 
lots of the older you are, you tend to know more people in the industry and you end up working more with your friends where I always feel like I'm put into situations where I don't know everyone, but everyone knows everyone and that's okay. So I feel like it's like trying to make your way into a friendship group. You're like, hey. Um, (laughs) But eventually I find like on tech that when I'm in my element, maybe rehearsals, it's a different story. I can be quite nervous, especially in the few first few weeks. But in tech, I get into like, oh, have you paused? No, oh. no, no. Yeah. Zoom just said, I lost my internet, but it's okay. Um, in tech, I get into an element where I'm like, you know, I'm working. This is me. I don't think about anything else. Um, I, I love tech. Um, DJ Duke. Yeah. Oh my God. That was horrific. What a throwback. I feel like a DJ right now, actually. This is 91 <laughs> FM. <laughs> so yeah, in tech, in my element, I don't feel like people question me. And I feel like you have this moment with the director. It's just you, the director, the lighting designer, really in tech. Obviously, there's so many people working around you and behind you and stuff. But for me, that's like the little bubble and you kind of forget about earning anyone's respect, like you're here to do your job. But I think the rehearsal period and maybe production meetings, it's definitely like, I've got a point, but Mm. I don't know. I I really remember, really, really remember um, being in tech. Just for for context, we did a show for the listener. We did a show (laughs) uh, in drama school. And I really remember... um, Excuse me. I really remember being in a tech uh, with yourself, DJ Duke, uh, with (laughs) Sam Thomas, who's a lovely lighting designer, and uh, Millie Mack. I remember the director of that show uh, just turning to me. I think think maybe Juliet might have been there as well. Mm -hmm. But just turning to me and being like, those three are the stars of this show. Oh, wow, aren't they? And that's I was just, good. We were all just like, yeah, they literally are, because <laughs> I think there was something about there. He, the director, he just literally sat in a corner and just and didn't say anything and just let mm. you three students, students at the time, but like professionals to become, yeah. just completely take over the. Oh, and uh, David, who was the programmer, uh, just completely God, yeah. take over and just like abs- absolutely own that. And I think it was like, it was a good thing for us, us actors to see as well, to see that, to, to enjoy a tech in that way and to, to be like, wow, this is so mm. cool to watch people. And I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's like undervalued in an acting training, but like, mm-hmm. again, I can only speak from an actor's point of view, but like, do you feel like it's undervalued in the in the the I word the industry as a, as, a, as a whole, um, because I think for us that was such an interesting thing to really really appreciate it for the first time and for it to re- like sort of be like oh yeah of course like we're naive to think that we're the ones that the, the only ones that matter and like yeah that actually the show comes from all around. I think it again depends with who you're working on with. Like I just worked with a DSM on death drop who I think he usually does musicals and stuff but he was like so taken back with I went to rehearsals every day and I that's how I like to work as as you would remember like I like to play stuff 
as people were rehearsing. It's so invaluable. It's so uh, invaluable. No, it's so um, valuable to have that, I think, as well. It It was so so... bad that you were in there. Like, I got nothing from it. No, it was so helpful. It was honestly like, it was like having a a second, it was like having a second director because Mm. you'd have this whole other stimulus just come at you all the time. Yeah, and it's it's kind of nice to hear people have opinions on sound before you get into tech as well. And obviously, when I'm making music, that's not something I can quickly make in tech as well. I can't be like, one sec, I'm just going to compose something. Um, I'm just going to compose a new song for that opening 14 minutes. Um, so it's it's really important for me as well to see how people receive stuff. Um, and also kind of like, know what works and then you can like compose around like you can compose around things changing and you know what's going on as well because mm. rehearsal notes are incredible and stuff like that but I just like if I don't know what actually happened or saw it I can't like picture it in my head so I need to be there as much as I can sometimes it's not possible but obviously in an ideal world that that's the best way so I think the way that I work, people are like, oh, wow, sound designers do stuff. And then because I'm in rehearsals, people mm. may earn more like like respect and value the sound designer. But it's definitely always like a shock period for people to be like, oh, it's really helpful actually having someone mm. in. But that's mm. just because everyone works differently. And sometimes I think when people are just thrown in in tech for an actor, like so much is already happening in the actor's head. You've got to work out like now where you are on the stage. Like you've been practicing on this flat rehearsal floor and now there's like levels and people are in hills and there's so much to think about that maybe it's very easy to like bypass a few bird tweets or something as opposed to when you're in the rehearsal room, when you are just focusing on making stuff and people can have opinions as well and I love when actors like, oh, can you try this or stuff like that? That's really helpful for me. <laughs> to, to a point. To yeah, a point. yeah. If, it, if they came <laughs> to me every act- second. Don't give that to actors. Don't let them. No. They have enough fucking shit to, you know, make themselves. Yeah, they can, exactly. <laughs> they can leave you to do the proper stuff. No, sometimes you have to be like, no, it's okay. Yes, I won't do that. Good, good. Um, but it's helpful when everyone has a conversation about something I'm doing. Uh, that's very... It's kind of a, it's a really good feeling to be part of the rehearsal process and see it go from like zero to nothing. And obviously that's really different for lighting because you can't, you can't make lights in a rehearsal room unless you had like an insane budget, you couldn't put a lighting rig in. So um, I definitely like to try to keep tech as me just doing levels and maybe a few adjustments and that's like lighting trying to light everyone in a very short amount of time but I think if you're just thrown into tech and you just go in it's very easy to bypass sound but I don't think that's demoralizing I think you kind of go into the backstage world knowing that your job is if people don't notice it it's you're doing a good job Yeah. If people don't hear, obviously design's a bit different, but like for a like bog standard, if you don't hear like feedback, if you don't notice like right, of some course. starkness, yeah. of course. you've done a good job. But obviously you want to be like, 
oh, people like can hear the music and they're like, that's really good music. So I like tried to work off the basis, like, we'll get this, this first cement thing. I've done nothing, so that's a good job. <laughs> Nothing's bad, so that's a good job. And then work up to like the amazing people are like, wow, that's moved me because of your music or something. And people comment on your mm. sound design. So it's kind of a weird thing knowing from the start that people might not understand what <clears throat> um, people might not understand what you're doing um, or respect it or even care about it. But eventually trying to move them with your sound to make them then end up respecting and caring about it is kind of a fun process in itself anyway. Interesting. Like, it's almost like in, in an ideal world, like it shouldn't be, you shouldn't really think about the sound in the same way that you shouldn't really think about the actors or you shouldn't really think about the direction. You should mm. think about the show as a whole yeah. and experience the show as a whole. Yeah. But I suppose it's so easy for... <laughs> it's so easy for actors to take the limelight or a big director to be yeah, like the yeah. reason people go to see the shows. But I think that when you, when you, I think that, I think there's certainly like, you know, people who are may, maybe not the, the general public, but I think there's certainly people who maybe train mm-hmm. or, you know, are going into the, uh, the I word in their own way will have a respect for sound in that, in that sort of aspect or, yeah. all aspects in the same way that like you know that i i now after being in a room with sam i like i look at lighting in a completely different way so look yeah, at the way sure. it can really transform a show and so i don't know anyway we're about an hour in oh wow so let's let's get to your recommendation but this has been absolutely lovely beth thank you for <laughs> chatting to me i'm sorry i'm so hectic so i think just to a, support the arts, watch lots of theatre. When we come back, go go see all the theatre because theatre, watching theatre and being in theatre has inspired me to do theatre, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't love theatre until I started watching plays at Central and then the progression of that. So, And also listen to lots of music because you could become a hypothetical sound designer just all the music listen to every everything out there and then you might find things that you love and listen to soundcloud and listen to small artists and because for me that was who i am here now yeah and (laughs) any go to see specifically any show that Beth is doing the sound design for. My shows. <laughs> I think that can be... <laughs> Comment on the sound design. Do Tweet about the sound design. Yeah. Comment on the sound. <laughs> yes. Loudly in the foyer. Yeah. yeah. Say it was really good. And that DJ Duke is, is amazing. Hypothetically. Beth? Hello. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Hi. Okay, I've got you back from Wi-Fi, but now I'm about to say Beth Duke. Thank you very much for speaking to me about being a hypothetical sound designer. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. This podcast is produced by me, Andy Sellers, with original music by Dan.